0: Welcome to the Thriving Faith Podcast, where we believe the Bible is true in its entirety and are here to equip Christians with biblical insights to live a Christ-like life. We inspire you to flourish in every area of your life, mind, body, and soul, to grow in the Word and closer to God, no matter what season you're in. Go ahead and listen in to embark on this life-changing journey to Thrive as a Christian. Welcome back. Welcome back to day six of the Proverbs Day Challenge, where we aspire to grow in knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of the Lord as we read through the book of Proverbs. And today we're reading from chapter six, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. So if you're new and this is your first time, I usually first do the reading, then I come back and share snippets and much more detailed facts and insights about what we've just read. And it says, My son, if you become surety for your friend, if you have shaken hands and pledged for a stranger, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, and deliver yourself. For you have come into the hand of your friend. Go and humble yourself plead with your friend give no sleep to your eyes no slumber to your eyelids deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the hand of the fowler go to the ants you sluggard consider her ways and be wise which having no captain which having no captain overseer or ruler provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest How long will you slumber or slug it? When when will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber. A little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler. And your need like an armed man. A worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. He winks with his eyes. He shuffles his feet. He points with his fingers. Perversity is in his heart. He devises devises evil continually. He sows discord. Therefore, his calamity shall come suddenly. Suddenly, he shall be broken without remedy. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. My son, keep your father's command. Do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering tongue of a seductress. Do not lust after her beauty in your heart, nor let her allure you with her eyelids. For by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a crust of bread, and an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. Can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? So is he who goes in to his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her shall not be innocent. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is starving. Yet when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. Whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his soul. Wounds and dishonor he shall get, and his reproach will not be wiped away. For jealousy is a husband's fury. Therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will accept no recompense, nor will he be appeased, though you give many gifts. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That has been, I think, one of the longest we've read. And it has 35 verses. But they're all so, so deep. And the first segment of chapter 6 warns about making promises. So from verse 1 to 5 talks about how our words are taken as treaty or agreement. And it reminds me of a saying that goes a man only has his word for trust so here it shows you if you go into a treaty with a friend or a stranger and then you realize that your words have been taken into accountability as an agreement and you want to deliver yourself it gives you like instructions and this is more like a warning about who you get into a treaty and promises with and for us not to just make promises or get into agreements with other people that we aren't sure of or we don't share the same values with. And this applies to business too. It matters who you go into business with as a Christian. And I don't know what this means to you if you're doing business or want to start business. It is a Business is a commitment. It is an agreement. You both have... It is better when both of you are on the same team and are on the same page as partners And as brethren in Christ, do you have the same faith? Because if you're running a business, then you clearly have to be a good steward of the resources, the money, and the community, the clients that God has given you. So you better be on the same team. Are you going to tithe? So things like that. You don't want to be telling someone, oh, we tithe. And thinking, why do I have to tithe? So because they're probably not a Christian, And the second segment, which is from verse 6 to 11, talks about the foolishness of being idle and what idleness and laziness can do to you. And in my Bible, the title says, the folly of indolence. And indolence is more of being idle and folly is foolishness. So Solomon often used nature from different descriptions that we can see. He often used nature to illustrate wisdom. The ant has a tiny brain, but it is smart enough to prepare for the winter. And yet some people don't plan ahead. Poverty just doesn't happen overnight. It takes years. It takes years of not working or squandering what you have, like mismanaging and not apportioning or being a good steward of what God has given you. The ant knows enough to work and plan so how about you as a human do you know about working hard planning investing being a good steward of all these resources it clearly shows you what the consequences of that is and how best can a man plan ahead of time to manage the resources better and now this looks different for Everyone, financially, time-wise, everyone is busy. But how best are you managing that time, even when you say that you're busy? That may look like, as a homemaker, are you shopping for the week, for the month? Are you trying to find sales or going to the market yourself? Like trying to not only cut costs, but also be a good manager, a good steward of what the Lord has given you. That could look like meal planning, so you're not wasting food or you know how much you spend throughout the week, throughout the month, things like that. And it could also be meal prepping, making sure there's enough food in the house. Everyone gets the right quantities, the right nutrients. If you have children, honestly, getting them to eat their veggies, you have to be a lot more creative. I have one picky eater, and sometimes you just have to add the veggies to her pancakes or, or even to her omelet. So things like that, like make, being just not just being a good steward for the finances, but for your home. Are you being a good steward to show and lead your home or help them manage their health very well, their finances? Because if you're raising children, they're definitely seeing what you're doing and they'll pick that up throughout their life. And are you working hard? Are you saving? Are you investing? And I know tomorrow is not guaranteed, but just like anything in life, we ought to be good stewards. And verse 9 talks about... Uh, I'll just read it. How long will you slumber or sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber. A little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler, And your needs like an armed man. And I like to say, I like to tell people that struggle with procrastination, myself inclusive sometimes, that laziness is the mother of procrastination. Because it starts in your mind and then you convince your body and the energy and just like, you know what, I'll do that later, I'll do that later. Laziness is the mother of procrastination. And now I understand there's days where you just have to take it slow. I get that. But once it turns into a habit, you definitely have to break that. And oftentimes our lack of planning and, oh, the word prolo, if you're wondering... It means a person who loiters near a place with a view of committing a crime. And it says social poverty come on you like a problem. It'll be lurking around when you're not managing your resources well. Poverty will be there thinking, oh, okay, you're misusing the funds that God has given you. You're misusing the time that God has given you. You're not saving. You're not working hard. You're not investing. Then definitely poverty will come onto you. And oftentimes, our lack of planning and proper time management leads us to feeling suffocated by our own needs. I'll give an example. I Now, this depends on whatever situation you're in. Usually, you will have money at the beginning of the month or... You'll have money allocated to children's school fees. But then the time will come for them to go back to school. And then you're all stressed out thinking, oh, where did all the money go? You don't even, cannot even trust where the money went. So things like that, being a better steward goes into taking care of what you have to take care of, responsibilities, duties, and still be accountable. And honestly, God has given you those resources And because you're not properly planning or you're mismanaging the resources, you won't even be able to trust how you spent them. And if you're the person, your friends are always telling you, "Hey, hey, I found this good gig or side hustle or work. Can you come join us? Or we're trying to save for this. This is how we save. This is how we invest. And you're always the one lagging behind, honestly, or Procrastinating, Oh, I'll do that next time. I'll do that next time. Or just being lazy. I just want to tell you, you got to do better. We got to be better stewards. And this goes out to me, even me myself, especially procrastinating. There's seasons where I just feel like I'll do that later. I keep postponing. But we all ought to be better stewards of time and our resources because they're a gift from God. And once you work hard and plan your resources better, you're going to flee from poverty. And let's just know, poverty ain't our portion. So let's put in the work. Let's put in the work and be a lot more intentional. And then verse 12 to 19, the title in my Bible says, The Wicked Man, talks about the wicked man and the things that the Lord hates. And it says, it gives a better description of what God hates. One who sows discord among brethren. And some people are always trying to stir up trouble. It's just like you like seeing people at odds or people always fighting. They are happy when the pot is churning, like everything is going southward and going wrong. But the Lord hates this. And if the Lord hates something, you certainly don't want to be part of it. You have to avoid it and just not do it because the Lord hates it. And... Let's not be the wicked man or the wicked woman. Let's not entertain the wicked person in our company. Let's not be the ones that are being on the side of the evil doer. Let us seek knowledge, wisdom to put the wicked man and so so the wicked man can flee away and not be part of our company. And the six things that the Lord hates, which is from verse 16, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. So let's be sure not to do these things or keep the people who do these things in our company. And the last segment is from verse 20 to 35. And the title in mine says, be, Beware of adultery. And it starts with a, a parental constant, like many of the chapters as we've come seeing. And we this gives me kind of an insight of as parents, if you're a parent listening to this, we ought to instill good morals and God's word in our children's lives. And we should keep reminding them to walk in the Lord's ways. This may look like memorizing a scripture or singing a a Christian song, playing Christian music, but it most importantly comes from us, the parents living out the Christian life. So most of these kids, out there say for mine, monkey see, monkey do is their trait. Whatever they see, they will do. When they see you read, they will read. When they see you do something else, they will do that. So let's be better stewards and also keep instilling good morals into our children. And Verse twenty four to verse twenty four to twenty nine also talks about here Solomon tells the son to keep away from evil women, adultery, and prostitutes. And like we talked about yesterday, this is from a man who's speaking from experience. Solomon himself had seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines. So you sure ought to learn from a man that has been through it all. And verse twenty five is another highlight that popped up that says, Do not last after her beauty in your heart, nor let her allure nor let her allure you with her eyelids. And Jesus taught in Matthew 5 28, if any man looks upon a woman and lusts after her in his heart, he already committed adultery. And this applies to the women too. This applies to us women too. Once your inner attitude is the most important. Your heart, how is it geared towards that? You may not do it physically, but your mind could lead you to that. And the Bible clearly says that is the same as adultery. And we see verse 32, also caught my eye, where it says, whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. And this applies also crosses to the women too. And adultery, here the biggest highlight for me was adultery destroys the soul. It just It's just not the family that is being destroyed or the person who has been cheated on. No, it is that person's soul too that is affected. Because it shows you, he who does so destroys his own soul. And just to give a little background about the making of our bodies is we have the flesh the soul and the spirit and once you accept Christ it is the spirit that is renewed it is your soul that comes new you, and your spirit is given the holy spirit comes in into you so you have a renewed spirit within you and then the soul is eternal the soul is what goes to heaven our flesh does not make it to the he- to heaven paul clearly tells us that that we shall have new bodies because this flesh of ours bursts away and it fades away. But the soul is what is eternal. So adultery being a sin, it affects your soul and could potentially hinder eternity with Christ. So this is where it says it destroys that person's soul who committed adultery. And verse 33 gives repercussions of adultery, which says wounds and dishonor he will get and his reproach will not be wiped away. So you're wounding yourself, you're wounding the family, you're wounding the other spouse. And then verse 34 to 35 show how the wounded spouse gets jealous and angry. And it's honestly not fair to the other wounded spouse, whether it is the woman or the man, it is not fair. And for anyone who has gone through something like this, this could be a trigger this could be a time that it could be potentially opening healing, my love goes out to you, my hugs and my prayers to you and may you find grace, peace and healing in Christ. If you haven't and if you're on the journey of healing, all the best and honestly I'm rooting for you. And I pray that no one ever gets to experience this or none of us ever get to be the adulterous spouse. And it's honestly so heartbreaking for anyone to be going through this but let's guard our hearts and souls from making dangerous promises from laying idle lazy procrastinating and not being good stewards of what the lord has given us let us avoid the wicked company the bible shows us the six things that the lord hates so let's follow that and if any of the people around you do this, then you clearly ought not to keep those people in your company. And let us also be aware of adultery and also guard our souls from the danger of adultery and guard our minds from just even lasting from other things and from other people's spouses. And I hope this encouraged you to cross-examine yourself, self, your mind, your heart. And I hope you join us for Day 7 of the Proverb Day Challenge. Be blessed and don't forget to check to check us out. Follow us on here and share with all your friends. Invite them to join us on this challenge as we all grow in knowledge and wisdom and understanding as we will read through the book of Proverbs. Feel free to also follow me on Instagram or follow our business page and get yourself some Bible supplies. And the Instagram handle is Co. Hope to see you next time and bye.